Hello and welcome to the Dialogues Podcast. My name is Luis Felipe Lamusi, trying to understand what the heck is happening here and your host for the season. And today we are going deeper on these new rules brought by Premier Ford around OSAP and the Student Choice Initiative. So you might have heard that your tuition will be 10% cheaper next year and that you'll be able to opt or not to pay some ancillary fees. But beside this beautiful voice you are hearing now, do you know what else these fees pay for? In the GBC ecosystem, they fund programs as the Safe Walk program, an emergency food bank, athletics facilities, and even the Wi-Fi throughout the campus. The dialogue is also funded by the student association fee. The government didn't give us major details on how this process is going to be, so to dive into this issue, I talked with different groups that might be affected by these changes. Marco Lagrada, member of the Socialist Fightback, a club at George Brown College, and Matthew Campbell, UFT Campus Conservatives President, brought their contrasting point of view. Also, since the student association is funded by one of these ancillary fees, the reporter editor Latia Diakande and I talked with Jasmine Sandhiller, SA Director of Communication and Internal, to understand what's their perspective on this issue. Okay, so today here with Jasmine Sandhiller, today we're talking about this new law, this new policy that Ford government brought about the opt-out and students' choice initiativity. But the main thing I think we can start asking, uh, what are the ancillary fees and how are they important for the student association here at Georgia Brown? Thanks for having me. Uh, Auxiliary fees are fees that students pay that are separate from their actual tuition. So this is like um, for the essay, there's a certain number that each semester students pay, which is $110.61. That is just the essay fees. That doesn't include um, our CFS fee as well as our health plan fee. And now with this student choice initiativity, how SA is gonna budget for next year? And so right now the SA is currently looking at our services and our budget and how we can plan. Um, but really, we don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty happening about mm-hmm. even. Um, what is being deemed as mandatory versus non-mandatory. Right now, our main goal is making sure that all of our services that we provide stay the same and that we can still hire the same amount of students. The Student Association of George Brown College hires about 100 to 150 um, part-time staff, uh, which are college students here at George Brown, every year. And so our goal is to make sure that we're still being able to give that to our students as well as have all of our services. So it'll be trying to figure out how we can do that um, under the new laws. What has the college said so far about optional ancillary fees? So we had the opportunity last week, the executive team was able to sit down with the college, but because we don't have the guidelines yet set by the government, there's still a lot of things that we don't know. So we're just trying to plan the best we can. And once we know the rest of the information, we'll be able to sit down with the college again and hopefully come up with a plan of how to move forward. Okay. What would you say to the student that is going to start the George Brown here next September that can have the option to opt out for this piece? Um, so on the essays and is making sure that students are educated, that they know the services that we provide them, that they know what type of student experience we're trying to give our students at George Brown College. And then at the student end, um, when you are trying to choose your college and you decide on George Brown, look at what the student association offers and see what great work that we do and take it from there. If these changes were to happen, 
uh, what would that mean to uh, the student voice on campus? So the student voice would be extremely diminished. I think the big part of that question is to remember that the student association here at George Brown is trying really hard to make sure that we can keep our services moving the best way we can under any circumstances, as well as um, we're trying really hard to make sure that we're working closely with the college, but again, we're still waiting on certain pieces to fall into place in order for us to do that um, to the best of our ability. Our hope is that we'll still be able to provide all the services that we do now in the future. The Student Association signed a letter to Premier Ford as a part of the 75 colleges and universities to express their concerns on the Student Choice Initiative that's planned to be implemented. Uh, why did the SA decide to sign this open letter to Premier Ford? We thought that it was really important to be a part of this and that Ford hears our voice. So instead of every school sending an individual letter, it was important that we all came together collectively and let Ford know how we feel about these news changes. And so our letter is basically asking to sit with him because how do you make new laws without speaking to the people who it affects? George Brown College's Student Association is a part of um, the Canadian Federation of Students Ontario, okay. which handles a bunch of schools all over Ontario and their student unions. Um, and nobody from that office was contacted. So really what we want is to be able to sit and have a conversation because we are the folks that it affects the most. We are here, we're advocating for all of our students and we're trying to do that to the best of our ability. And so it's so important that he actually sees the work on the ground that we do. Now the talk takes a curve to the left, and Marco Lagrada, member of the Socialist Fightback Group, a group here at GBC, brings his ideas and who he thinks these changes are affecting the most. Hi Marco, thanks so much for coming today here. Uh, what do you think about the new changes Premier Ford is proposing? Um, well, I have to say I'm totally against the changes which are being made by the Ford government. Essentially what's happened is that he's removed the grant which previously provided students from families earning less than $50,000 a year, essentially with uh, free tuition. Now, of course, it wasn't entirely free. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have my criticisms as well of the Liberal government and how they implemented it. Even then, students still had to pay for, for textbooks and living expenses and things like that. But even then, their tuition was mostly covered. But then now that's been taken away. And as opposed to having it totally covered in the past, now it's going to be made up of grants, but also loans, mm -hmm. which will effectively end up dramatically increasing the cost of education, primarily for lower income students. And for a lot of these students, many of them are already struggling with debt. And on top of that, you have the removal of the six free, uh, six month um, interest free period. Yeah, the grace period. Yes. Yeah, so you'll now be required to pay interest on your loans as mm -hmm. soon as you graduate. Uh, and on top of that, uh, Ford's also made quite a deliberate political attack against his enemies on campus uh, with what he calls the Student Choice Initiative. It's kind of one of the more sort of nefarious measures of this recent mm -hmm. legislation. And essentially what that does is it makes optional uh, the payment of certain fees that students pay. But actually what's interesting is that many of these fees will remain mandatory. So fees, for example, for walk safe programs, fees for uh, athletic facilities, food and, banks. a food bank, 
which really only leaves uh, student union fees, <laughs> which in my mind is not coincidental, but it's quite deliberate. That what he's trying to do is effectively undermine funding for the student unions, which is essentially the center point of the opposition to Ford on campus. Now, what Ford's done is that it's actually, well, he imagines himself to be quite clever. Because what he did was he started by introducing, of course, this 10% tuition, tuition reduction. Cut, yes. And of course, everyone was really excited, but also people were holding their breath because they said, well, hold on here, there's more to it. <laughs> you know, this doesn't seem like Ford, there's something else that's coming. You know, cuts are going to be made somewhere. And of course, that was later shown to be the case. And effectively, what he's done is a bait and switch. That he's tried to dupe people into believing that the tuition costs are going down. When in reality, the uh, lowest uh, earning students, in fact, are going to end up paying a lot more, even when you factor in the 10% tuition reduction. So that what ends up happening is that really the only people that benefit from this new tuition reduction are the highest earning students or from the highest earning families mm -hmm. who really didn't need it to begin with, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. How do you think this process is being conducted by the government? Well, I think it's been conducted horribly, to be honest, but then at the same time, I'm not surprised. You know, student unions weren't consulted, university students weren't consulted. And that's shown by the opposition to this legislation because just as soon as this uh, announcement was made, you saw widespread opposition all across the province. You saw protests bigger than I've seen in years, at least in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Like just a few weeks ago, we saw a protest of a few thousand people at Queen's Park. And overwhelmingly, students are opposed to it. I mean, I saw a poll just the other day, and it actually showed that around 70% of students at George Brown actually were using the previous grant which provided free tuition. So you can be sure that a lot of those students are dead set against these changes being made by the Ford government. And across the province, it's something like 40% of students. And so what do you think now students should do? Well, we need a plan. And what we've been calling for is an Ontario-wide student strike. Mm -hmm. And are you seeing this happening right now? Or the socialist fightbacks being part of any of those striking movements right now? So what's uh, happened is that at the recent general meeting of the Canadian Federation of Students, which is, of course, the national student union that represents most post-secondary students in the country. Mm -hmm. I think they were feeling the pressure from students. And so what happened is that they passed a resolution. Now, it wasn't to hold a student strike, but to create a plan for a student strike. And what they've said they're going to do is develop a report studying the lessons from the Quebec student strike and deliver that report in April and then develop a plan for strike action sometime, I believe it's in August, plan for logistics and you know how the strike would be conducted. But it hasn't been made concrete. And what we say is that really we can't wait because these things, you know, the anger can build up, but within a span of a few weeks, that momentum can be lost. Like for example, we saw, like I mentioned, the protest just a few weeks ago on, the, on Friday at Queen's Park. Mm -hmm. And you had probably one, two thousand students. It's one of the larger protests I've seen in a while. But then people came there. Now, of course, we were advocating for a student strike and actually there was a widespread enthusiasm for that demand. I mean, we had a petition, we had hundreds of signatures and almost every single student we spoke to said, yes, that's what we need, right? It was like almost like a given, like, yeah, of course we need a student <laughs> strike. What are you talking about? Who wouldn't be in support yeah, of that? That's why we are here. Yeah. 
so widespread enthusiasm. It's, it's really encouraging because it's been a while since I've seen something like that. It's clear mm -hmm. that the anger is there, that students are ready to fight. They're ready to get organized. But then, of course, it's a question of leadership because, unfortunately, up until now, no concrete plan has been developed. And if you leave this until August or whenever it is to officially call for a strike, we'll cool down. it'll cool down and all of that momentum can dissipate. But here's what we need to do in order for it to be successful. We need action immediately. We need mass general assemblies to involve students in the discussion and involve them in the debate so we can build up towards a strike as successful as we had in Quebec. But that action needs to start now, otherwise the momentum can be lost. Matthew Campbell, UFT Campus Conservative President, says that he agrees with Premier Ford's new policies and that he personally doesn't believe there will be any student strike at any time soon. Okay, Matthew, thanks again for, for coming today. Such short notice. It's good to have the Campus Conservative's perspective around this issue. So my first question is, uh, what do you think about the new changes Premier Ford is proposing? Um, we support it. So the Students' Choice Initiative is basically that students get to choose which fees they give as part of non-tuition payment. So, for example, at U of T this year, I had to pay $8,200. $6,800 of that was for tuition. The other $1,400 was yeah. extra stuff. The gym was about $200. Um, I think... Academic counseling was 90 bucks, and maybe there was an extra hundred dollars for um, public health, campus health, whatever. Mm -hmm. The rest of all of that was extra, was extra stuff that the student union put on. And why do you think the government is doing these changes? Because um, students should decide or have the choice to decide if they want to pay additional fees for services. So... If you go to school, you have to pay tuition. But if you go to school, you shouldn't be forced to pay for the expansion of the student union commons lounge or something like that. Okay. You shouldn't be okay. forced to pay for those things. Okay. So it just gives people the option to not have to pay for it. If you're going to school, you shouldn't be forced to pay for student associations. If you want to join one and pay a fee, then that's your decision. But mm -hmm. it shouldn't be part of the mandatory student fee that's mandated you have to pay in order to as, as part of your tuition mm -hmm. so what the government is doing is increasing the number of options that students are allowed to opt out of so it incre it makes it gives students the choice if anything it democratizes the tuition payment the one reservation i have about the student initiative or the optional whatever the program is called is that student newspapers and Uh, media are not considered essential, especially in the context of the whole Ryerson investigation going down mm -hmm. and more reporting and more journalism. If it is, it's factual and it's, it's trying to find truth, that's important. So I think that student journalism probably should be one of the uh, mandatory clubs that's not optional that students can opt out of. Uh, it's interesting you, you bring the, uh, these ideas because we are paying these fees because of a referendum that happened... I don't know, maybe 30 years ago, 20 years ago, that, that referendum made mandatory all those fees. Sure. Uh, so 30 years ago, students discuss about it. Yep. 
shouldn't be good for like update this referendum rather than just well cut it? one could argue that there was a referendum okay last year it was the ontario election okay. so all of the schools in ontario like 65% like about two thirds majority of our tuition is subsidized by the Ontario taxpayer. Mm -hmm. So when the Ontario election happened, they elected Doug Ford majority government, massive, massive landslide election. And he said, I'm going to let students who are paying tuition decide what they want to pay for and what they don't want to pay for. Okay. So if you're saying, is this undemocratic where just the government's forcing it on students? No, I, I would, I would say it's, it's pretty democratic. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's any democratic, but it's interesting. You, uh, you bring the point that like the referendum was the election next last year, yeah. but since we're talking about the students mm -hmm. in the election, we are talking about everything. Yep. When we're talking about student life, shouldn't we talk with the students before? I'm not saying that sure. it shouldn't be changes. Yep. But, like, shouldn't we talk with them before? Are students over 18, they have the right to vote in elections. You could argue that the election was there. What more direct consultation can you have than okay. you're over 18, you live in Ontario, you go to school in Ontario? Okay. Vote. Some protests happened last week. Yep. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Because students went to... I saw it at Queen's Park. Yeah, 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 so yeah I saw that. Students went to, to, yep. to protest. So here's, here's what I'll say. I saw the protests. I saw the banners. A lot of them aren't student groups. There was CUPE, United Steelworkers Union, USW. There was the Ontario Secondary Student... Or the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation, OTSU. There was OPSU. There was Unifor, the car... Uh, or the, the auto workers union, like the NDP showed up. So the NDP and the unions all showed up. I didn't see that protest as a grassroots movement. That wasn't, those, those were not students who took the day off class or whatever and showed up at Queens Park to protest. Mm -hmm. Those were union members of which students might, that might include a few students, maybe, but majority of them were adult union members. Um, people who had political interests either in the unions or the NDP. Communist groups show up. I think the Socialist Club was there. There's a guy with a, I don't know if it was a Che Guevara or a hammer and sickle, like a, so, like a socialist, Soviet Union flag. Mm -hmm. So it was very, very political. This wasn't a single issue grassroots movement. It wasn't a grassroots movement and it wasn't reflective of the student bodies at Toronto schools. It was the same professional people that always show up to those sorts of things. Okay. I didn't, I didn't see it as truly representative. Of students in Toronto. But if, uh, of course, we can't predict the future, but what if uh, the student body moved forward uh, protests on the street, democratically speaking? What was the one in Quebec a couple years ago? The maple surge or whatever it was? The same sort of thing happened? Yeah. That will not happen in Ontario. I don't think that'll happen here. Why? Because when it happened in Quebec, it was, was it Chere's government, the Liberals? Mm -hmm. They had been in office for a very long time. They didn't have a lot of public support. Um, Doug Ford and the PCs just won an overwhelming landslide election. They, it's a majority government. They have massive popular support across the province of Ontario. If they, if students want to have a massive grassroots democratic protest movement to unseat Doug Ford, mm -hmm. it will happen at the election in four years. It won't happen between now and then. Okay, that's what I think. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, no problem, man. 
And that's all for today, folks. Three great talks that helped us to understand what is going to happen next year. Of course, we need to wait for the government final guidelines. However, now we know what is happening, what we should expect, and what the students are thinking. If you have something to say about these new policies, email me at podcast at dialognews.ca. And please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast at iTunes app or any other podcast app that you use. That's all for today. See you next time. Bye.